everyone, and welcome to Das Vidanya, or should I just say Das Vidanya? This is Russ, and I have Jim with me. Hello. Hello, and, comrades. <laughs> and whatever else Chris Claremont wrote in the 80s <laughs> X-Men that's comics. All, that's where I learned all my Russian, it's from Colossus. Boja Moy, that's, mm. a, that's another good one. Right, that's the Black Widows. <laughs> yes, yes. She's adopted that. Um, but you may know both of us from other podcasts, and namely the Walking Dead TV podcast, which uh, we, the we are putting that on that feed as well as our HHW LOD master feed, um, where we do a bunch of podcasts, including It's All Connected, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, uh, DC TV, which is uh, Jim's podcast on all the DC Universe stuff, including all the TVs and the movies. This is kind of a glass nose right now between you and I, with between Marvel and DC. I mean, you cover all it the is. Marvel TV shows, and I cover all the DC TV shows for HHW LOD. So we were, yeah. um, I'll be Gorbachev, I guess, and you could be Reagan. <laughs> that works. Yeah, I have a little glass nose going on. Yeah. So we could cover um, a show that we both love and have been watching since the beginning and wish more people would watch. It's like, it's, it's one of those shows that's just like painfully underwatched um, for as good as it is. You know what I mean? I mean, it's critics, I mean, it's, it is literally the highest, crit, highest critically rated show on television right now. And yet, yeah, the, the, I've... the ratings do not uh, support that at all. And it's, of course, the Americans on FX. Yeah, and I've like you, I've been in on it since day one. Uh, there will be a third member of this podcast, Mr. Aaron Newworth, uh, who is uh, out schmoozing it up with uh, at some some sort of premiere this week. So he will be joining us uh, starting next week. Uh, and so we're just gonna. We just thought, you know, last season we haven't really. Uh, been able to podcast and talk about the show and we've done this before we did this for lost we did this for battlestar galactica so kind of these these kind of big shows i imagine we'll probably end up doing this for game of thrones i would imagine we have to do it for game of i thrones. know you and jordan did it for uh did uh, what was it breaking mad or you did it for breaking bad and mad men when uh, yeah it was in the off season so i mean when there's a show that we love enough that we really would like to discuss and talk about it and it's of a high enough quality that you know, that we feel like the other people want to hear us jabber on about it than we do this kind of thing. And so this is the final season of The Americans. Uh, it's It's got that rare thing where the TV, the, the people that make the show actually are going to be able to plan an ending, you know, which, I mean, very rarely happens in TV. Usually things are canceled before, you know, an actual conclusion to, can come to them. And so these last 10 episodes will be tying up, like, the past five seasons of stories so um, it's exciting to me anyway. Yeah, and I think I think this is so this will be six season. There are 13 episode seasons, and I think it's really a good a good run. Like, I don't feel I feel like if it went on too much longer, I feel like it would just be kind of get stale. I think it's it's a good time to end. I think, you know, this six seasons, 13 episodes each. I, I think it's kind of hit a good time to to have things kind of wind down. I really like this show for a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, when you hear spy thrillers set in the 80s with undercover KGB agents, I mean, the first thing you think of probably if you haven't seen the show is like, you know, James Bond, like super spy kind of thing. But this is definitely much more grounded than that. It's definitely much more realistic, as it were. I mean, the KGB did actually have sleeper agents posing as suburban you know, families in America in the 80s during the Cold War. So this is definitely based on things that are real, and although this isn't like the actual, you know, ba- you know, based on true events, true story, it definitely has that verisimilitude where it seems like it definitely could be real. It could have happened, 
You know what I mean? It's definitely grounded in reality, unlike a lot of other spy dramas. And if the only thing you know about uh, fake Russian agents in America is by watching the John Travolta 80s movie, The Experts, this is oh. very much uh, not that. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to mention that or not, because I didn't know. I didn't know if that was too too deep a callback or not to, to bring up. So but, I uh, saw that in the theater. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A, it's a similar premise, but definitely um, what really makes this show. And, you know, it's funny. We're talking about uh, we just did a commentary for the big Lebowski last night with Aaron, who's going to be the third member of this podcast. What really makes this show and, and what made that movie, too, is the characters. I mean, sure, there are huge plot moment, moments and, and huge turnabouts and, and, uh, and, you know, surprises around every corner in this show. But, I mean, Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, the, the couple at the core of the show, and, and to a lesser extent, Stan, the FBI agent who's trying to nail them down, just reminds me a lot of Hank in, in Bre- Breaking Bad. Is like, you know, the, who he's yes. looking for is like right under his nose and he can't find yes. him, you know. Um, it's really about them and their relationship and, uh, and how it changes over the course of, 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 of the show. Um, like and Philip is very much at the beginning of the show, and even more so now at the beginning of this season, and all through it, he's slowly but surely gotten more and more uh, inured into American life. You know, more bourgeois, more more into the American ideal, and the more the American dream. And Elizabeth, you know, is is faithful not only to her husband and loves him, but is more in uh, more of a believer in communism and socialism and her mission. You know, and uh, we and they've been slowly kind of like icebergs, kind of drifting apart in these two directions. And now, in the beginning of this season, it seems like they really are quite separate and almost on separate paths in this episode. Yeah, what what's really interesting about the show is I, I, what I find is the relationship between Philip and Elizabeth, because we've seen for five seasons, it's really strange because these two the. These people did not know each other until they got to America. They were put together to to given false identities to to marry, you know, have children, integrate into American society, and you know, while at the same time going on these missions for for the Russian government. And it's interesting because they get involved in um, romantic relationships with other people, uh, assets they're working. Not only not only assets they're working, but uh, and targets. But oh, yeah. Philip has a bringing... son. Philip has a son with another woman. Uh, yeah, you know that it's totally like on a side thing. But but yeah, like and, and like you say, as part of their job, they um, uh, Elizabeth is like the classic honeypot in a lot of. I mean, especially in this episode, we we're yes. about to talk about. You know, she has these different roles that she plays. There's like what I call action figure Elizabeth, where she wears the ball cap and she's all no nonsense and ready to go kick some ass. There's seductive Elizabeth, you know, there's, um, you know, she plays many different and, and, uh, Philip too, you know, they're very, the thing that's really stresses, really, um, um, impresses me a lot about Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese is not only do they play Elizabeth and Philip so well, but they play the roles that Elizabeth and Philip play in their yes. spy work so well, you know, um, it's it's kind of like layer upon layer of acting. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah, and just the fact that like I find myself watching the show a lot of times and just be like, like how how do you survive as a as a couple as a married couple when you know your spouse is just kind of out there you know doing all you know you know involved in with these other people and you have your kids and it's 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 really just kind of fascinating to think about you know what like. 
how you could get to the point where you segment your own life to the point where it's like, yeah, we have our family and, and we do, you know, the things we do as a family and then this other thing. And it's, it's almost like they treat it like a job, you know, it's almost like, um, like actors and actresses, right? I mean, they, you know, they, they go on set, they may have love scenes with other, you know, with other actors and actresses and stuff like that. And this is kind of the, like, almost like an, uh, the next evolution of that <laughs> taken to the extreme. Uh, but it's, it's very, it's, it's just very fascinating to, to see. And then I love it too, because, uh, you know, being that it's set in the eighties, I love the fact that you're having to work under the technological constraints of the time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's, it, it's really nice to just like, People aren't whipping out cell phones and just making calls, you know, to warn people. And, you know, it's it's you know, they're not getting on the Internet and Googling to, you know, track and trace people. It's they really they really lean into the whole like people, um, you know, a group following a a target and switching off and, you know, uh, the different techniques they use, you know, honking the horn and, you know, dead drops and all these all these things. In this episode, like Philip sees that mark, that chalk mark. I think it's on is it a mailbox or a it's on a mailbox, yeah. yeah. And he knows immediately that that's the signal, and then he leaves like an address on a cinder block, and you know it's like very low tech, but like very spycrafty, very much probably what they actually did, you know. Sure. At, at that point, and it, again, it just really it feels real to me, like seeing this and the way it's played and everything. It just feels like this is very plausible. It's not like. Like, I mean, like I said, if you if you hear the word spy drama and you've never seen the show, you might think it's you know James Bond or Spy Kids or some you know crazy thing. But it's very much grounded in reality and very much grounded in the time. And, and you mentioned it's, it takes place in the '80s. I love the fact they use the '80s in this, but they don't hit you over the head with it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there yes. are a lot of shows that are set, set in the '80s that are just like, "Hey, remember this?" or "Hey, we're gonna put this in your face now," or whatever. And in this, it's just very much part of the flavor. I mean, that's not what it's about at all, and it's not distracting in any way. It's just part of the story, and I really appreciate that about it too. Yeah, it's simply uh, the, the writing is so smart on this show. Yeah. And one of the just to kind of give a little you know backstory again, this is season six. Uh, you know, one of the big throughputs for the five seasons is the fact that in the in the pilot episode, um, Stan Beeman, played by Noah Emmerich, so for the Walking Dead fa- uh, fans out there, this is uh, Doctor Jenner from the CDC in yep. in season one. Um, he he's an FBI agent, and him and his family literally move in across the street from this family of spies. And it, at first, you think, oh, maybe they move there because they know and and it's you know it's it's all part of a ploy but it just it's complete happenstance like the jennings were there first so it wasn't like the russians moved next to the fbi agent the fbi agent you know just happened to move across the street from from this family of russian agents um and so it's been real interesting how philip and and elizabeth are kind of use stan who's the fbi stan jennings who or uh, stan beeman who's the fbi agent to to kind of utilize they make it to their advantage in in how they go about their missions uh to the point where uh philip in the early seasons ends up carrying on a relationship with the assistant director of the fbi who's played by richard thomas um his secretary and of all the storylines in this series i feel the most tragic is the is the story of martha who was who was um frank ad's uh secretary and and Philip worked her as an asset to the point where they literally had to had to uh, 
make her leave the country and send her to Russia to live in Russia, uh, like at the drop of a hat, leave her family, leave everybody behind uh, because of what, you know, and she was completely unwitting, like, um, you know, Stan or uh, Philip had her convinced that he was working for another agency within the government that was working, you know, to try and, uh, you know, uh, spy on the FBI, basically. And so she thought she was doing the right thing. And it turns out she's really unwittingly working for the Russians. And um, and it, it was just, layers, yeah, just tragic, just very tragic for her. I, I personally um, um, like the character of Renee because it's so funny. Like Stan, the, the FBI guy, starts uh, dating uh, this, this woman, Renee. And uh, she gives him, like, this career advice and all this other stuff. And, like, so much to the point where Philip gets paranoid thinking that she's a KGB plant, you know? <laughs> and then his handler is like, no, you're losing it, Philip, you know what I mean? But it's just, like, layer and layer of, like, of, of paranoia and, and uh, play and counterplay that just really makes this show special. And um, I, can't, I can't even count all the times that it's been so super close that Stan has figured everything out or seen... You know, I've yes. seen everything or, 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 you know, the cover has been blown or whatever, um, just from him being there. I mean, I remember the very first episode, you know, he had a dead body in the freezer of his garage. And Stan is like, I think at one point, like leaning on the freezer, drinking a beer. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, the tension is like so high. It's just, it's just great. And, um. But you make a great point, um, you know, not only is it about these characters, but it's about, like, the wake of destruction in other people's lives that they leave behind them, you know what I mean? And uh, it's, just, it's just fascinatingly done. Um, yeah. And so uh, I think that the series, it started, like, the pilot episode was right around the time Reagan was shot. So this is, like, what, like, 80, that was, what, 80, 82? When? 81, maybe it might even be earlier. And then this new ep- this new season is a time jump. I think about about three years. I want to say two or three years. Yeah. So I yeah I did some yeah. So Ray yeah uh, Reagan was shot March March thirtieth eighty one. Uh, right after he got into office. So this starts with you know that's kind of what starts the the show is it is eighty one. And I I did some digging. So last the finale of season five was right around August the eleventh nineteen eighty four. Um, and so this season starts. And it's October of 1987. Um, so yeah, so it's been it's right, been right at three. I think there's three a year jump. At one point where they show the um, the proceedings for uh, Bork, where they try to get Bork on the Supreme Court. Yes. Yep. That's mm-hmm. where. And oddly enough, the song they use in the, the montage in the opening of this, "Don't Dream It's Over," is from 1987. I mean, it's, it's spot on from yeah. that, that time that year. Um, and it's also pretty smart too because the younger um, 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 the, the kids have aged in real life. And by doing this time jump, they're able to keep Henry and Paige um, current in the storyline to where they probably would be. Yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> but uh, it, it's interesting, too, because you see... Are, are we going to go ahead and segue into the, the, the main episode, the episode we're going to talk about, episode one now? Or do you want to... Do you think we've done enough background? Or Yeah, the only thing I was going to mention was uh, for most of the series, so even now... Their son, Henry, does not know that they're Russian, does not know that they're agents, does not know any of that stuff. Um, He's kind of like a – yeah, he's very smart, but he's also kind of clueless. He kind of lives in his own world and and kind of does his own thing. He actually is – finds himself – a lot more, um, a lot more in common, and a lot closer to Stan Beeman than he does his his own father. Um, whereas Paige starts to figure things out, and 
by last season, they start to kind of slowly like it's 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 fascinating to see your her parents working her like like Elizabeth is working her. <laughs> and then um, for a long time, there was a plot point of they argued about whether or not they should bring her in. Like Philip was against yes. it for a long time. Yes. Like, no, you know, let's not involve her in this. Let's keep her out of this. And Elizabeth, of course, being the good soldier of the two, was like, no, we should bring her in. We should, you know, uh, reveal everything to her. And you know. That really like plays into this uh, season opener as well. Like she's really like, um, you know, brought her along and you know trained Paige in, in Spycraft and stuff. You know, she teaches her, you know, uh, you know, combat skills, um, lying. You know, <laughs> as it goes on. You know, it's yeah. funny. Like she's trying to get her into the family business. Yeah, yeah, very, very Godfather esque. But yeah, like you're saying, this episode starts with that whole montage. And the first thing I noticed right away was I was like, oh, Philip, Philip's agency has got an upgrade. I guess when you're when you focus your attention, oh, because that, their, their cover as far as what they do and how they make their living is they run a travel agency, which, again, kind of helps with them being able to, you know, go here, go there, be gone for long periods of time, do a lot of travel themselves, all that kind of stuff. Also, um, also be able to move a lot of money if they need to very quickly. Yes. Or hide a lot yes. of money in the bookkeeping and not have it be too suspicious. And at the end of last season, it was really funny to me because the very last I watched like some of the last episodes of last season. And um, at the very very end of last season, uh, Elizabeth tells her Vietnamese counterpart, you know, don't do this alone. Do it with a partner. You know, that's like her main advice to her. You know, you'll go crazy if you try to do this alone. Yes. And yet in this episode, we see Philip and Elizabeth, like their paths are definitely diverging here. I mean, you know, the kind of... Uh, some the kind of movement that we'd seen earlier in the seasons where Philip was more going to be taking care of you know just certain things and not as much of the espionage stuff and Elizabeth doing you know going full force into the espionage they've really diverged a lot here and it's almost yeah. like um, you know Philip is embracing the American lifestyle you know we see him out doing the urban cowboy thing you know in this episode yep. uh, we see him giving a pep talk to his uh, travel agents you know like you know. The, to you know, be more personal care or whatever, and it, it, it's something. It's interesting because these are seeds that were planted all the way back in the very first episode, where I mean, back when they were still assuming they would be there and then end up going back to Russia, and then it turned out because of other things that happened that they didn't. But you know, Philip is slowly more and more becoming inured with the American way of life, and like you know, really seeing the, the benefits and possibilities. And Elizabeth is always the good soldier. You know, she's been conditioned, I think, a little more than Philip. And, you know, it's a little more in tune with the, the idea of socialism and, and uh, you know, the ideals of the KGB. And we, not only do we see them diverge, but their kids as well. Like, Paige is kind of following in her mom's footsteps in this. You know, we get the scene with her, yeah. the, the, the you know, college ID and all that. And then uh, Henry is, you know, a, a hockey star. You know, and, and like, really leaning, you know. I, I mean, obviously, he doesn't know what his parents really are or what they've done or whatever, but, like, he, you know, him and his father seem to be really embracing the American bourgeoisie lifestyle, and then, you know, Elizabeth and Paige really are not. And it seems like, you know, as closely knit as they are as a couple, it seems like this is the furthest apart, at least to me, you know, that they've been as far as, you know, their paths. I mean, Philip, it seems like he's been out of the game for a while, because when um, when Oleg ca- uh, contacts him later in the episode, you know, he, he has to clue him in on a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff Elizabeth is doing in this episode that he's totally in the dark on and has no idea. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because you know, when the season ended last, Philip kind of had a real kind of, um, 
your crisis of conscience because he had to kill somebody that turned out to be innocent, um, that wasn't doing anything, right. anything harmful. And then to cover that up, they had to kill somebody else. And so he he's had a real hard time with like, what is it we're doing? You know, we we're we're over here to, um, you know, to basically keep the peace and to, you know, to kind of keep everything on an even keel. And, you know, we're doing the kinds of things that the Americans, you know, tell tell other people that this is what they do. And we're actually doing this. Um, And so he, he really has a rough time with it. But. But yeah, to see him at the beginning, he's like smiling and walking around. Dude, the funniest thing uh, that I saw, because only because when I was in high school, my buddy uh, had an Alpine stereo that he had. To, <laughs> he pulled out of the car to take into school with him uh, so that it wasn't stolen out of the car. Uh, and so when Philip has the radio up by the handle and he carries it out to his car and slams it into into the into the stereo and turns the car on, I just the, to me that was just the funniest damn thing. Plus, I, I noticed I noticed something else. You know, when he gets into the car, it's like one of those old eighties touch pads where you put the number yes. in instead of the key. They had this thing I, for some of our listeners who might not know in the eighties for a while there as a fad. Unlike some higher end cars, they would, instead of putting the key in to open the door, you'd have to put in a number, a numerical code. There's like a little uh, number pad there, and then he had yeah, that as well. That, that was Ford is awesome. big on that. My wife's car has that. Her her, oh, really? her escape. Yeah, Ford still does that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's it's interesting though. Like I said, you know, they don't hit you over the head with the '80s stuff. Uh, mostly the political stuff is what affects them the most. Like here, since it's '87. Um, you know, this is the beginning of Glasnost, it's the beginning of Perestroika, and that is what plays into it more than, you know, um, you know, Valley Girl or whatever cultural yes. touchstone from the eighties yes. you'd normally see in an eighties show. Um, because it definitely relates to them and their, their position. I mean, Elizabeth is with the whole dead hand thing, which uh the the episode I think is called Dead Hand, isn't it? It's um it's like a doomsday thing for Doctor Strangelove where if there's a full strike then Russia even if there's not a, lev- a living person left can do a counter strike and they're afraid that they're going to use the dead hand as a bargaining chip to get um, Reagan to back down on SDI uh, at the table with Gorbachev and Reagan during their their uh, their talks their salt talks um, so they're bringing that's why they're bringing Elizabeth and they, they even like, I mean, it's such a big deal. They give her the poison pill to wear around her neck in case she gets caught because, you know, because, you know, the, so she doesn't get tortured and spill the, you know, spill the beans about dead hand because they don't even want the knowledge of that to get out. So, yeah, he tells her when the, when he, she meets with an operative and it's interesting because her handler, um, doesn't even know what, it's almost like this is a very much on the hush hush. Like yeah. um, Philip and Elizabeth's handler, she just says, "Well, you know, I don't know. It's it's come from a contact, you know, that you know, I this guy's legit. You need to go meet to Mexico and meet with him." <clears throat> and he flat out tells her, "You you cannot be arrested and arrested on either side. Like if she's not, taken, if she's ta- obviously arrested by the Americans, or if what, she's taken what? even in by the Russians. Like whatever she's doing is very duplicitous." Um, There's a charger downstairs, you know, on on both sides, and and that's what. Again, it, it's it, you know we we cut over to to so there's a Russian um, named Oleg Borov who's who's in the show. He's been a big part of the of the show. He used to be uh, tied to the American embassy in D.C. for for many years, and some a bunch of stuff happened, and he ended up getting shipped back home. Um, and so he he knows him and Stan Beeman, the FBI agent, are very close to each other. Like they work, they they actually 
because they were both kind of interested in the same woman, um, (laughs) had had some very interesting dealings with each other and ended up kind of trading information uh, in an attempt to kind of keep her safe. Um, But they're very they're both very pragmatic in that they 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 want they truly want things to be peaceful they want you know the world to be better and they know they have to play this game um and and they know what you know what side they're on but they truly don't see the other side as purely evil um right which which again is another cool thing with the show because i think it's very easy especially in the 80s you know to to view you know america as you know all good and the Russians as all evil. And so it's really interesting to kind of get the opposite perspective from the Russians, you know, to show, well, you know, they're not all that way. And, it you know, seemed, some, it almost seemed to point that Oleg got along better with Stan than he did with Philip. You know what I mean? Cause they were almost, him and Philip yes. almost like frenemies. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. To use a, um, a millennial word, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, the supporting cast too. And this is awesome. I mean, you got to shout out Margot Martindale's Claudia too. Yes, um, I, I, she's tremendous. I just can't say enough good things about her as an actress. She's just so good in this. Uh, she, yeah, but, um... but yeah, and, and again, we kind of talked about it earlier, but the fact that that you know, the fact that Philip is out and Elizabeth is 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 in, you know, as far as the spy game goes, and and the fact that Paige is like all in, you know, Paige is to the point where she's, you know, like you're saying, she's got the fake. Fake disguise, uh, fake. You know, she's wearing the disguises. She's fake ID. She's, uh, you know, able to kind of handle herself and not get spooked. And um, it's it's really interesting to see her character turn and and just kind of, uh, you know, being very much into the church and very religious for a while. And now that she's kind of like out of that, and and her and her mother are just bonding over this yeah they- this thing and. And they bond with they bond with Claudia too. And they, they, in this, they yes. watch that movie Moscow does not believe in tears, and they make Zarkovi, which is a traditional Russian beef stew. And um, you know, Elizabeth tries to, tells Paige about her own mother making it. You know, with you know the lowest cuts of beef, to, you know, to fend off starvation and stuff. And uh, it's just uh, um, it's 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 funny. It's like Elizabeth isn't only committed to Marxism, but she's fighting for like her own history. You know, what I mean, she's yes. so much. So much more entrenched in her own ancestry and her own like uh, her own history, as opposed to Philip, who's ready to just become an American, go full native, and kind of throw it away, and is kind of done with it all. And, you know, Paige, and he, Paige and Elizabeth seem even closer. But then you have Elizabeth keeping stuff from her, like for instance, when that yes. guy takes her fake ID away, Elizabeth is like, "Oh, it's no big deal." Yet Elizabeth goes back later and stabs him in the neck. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Without you know, it's funny. When I was watching that, did you think for a minute when she said, "Hey, take me over here," and she got out of the car and she saw the she saw Hanley, the the Navy security guard, walking? Did you think for a minute that that was a setup, like she was going to basically say, "Hey, you did a good job. She didn't spook." Blah blah blah. I thought for a minute that maybe that was all a setup to just test her. I didn't. I didn't think uh, of that, but that definitely could have happened. That's that's the thing about this show. It's like everyone has two, three, four sides they're playing, and. You know, one of the beautiful things about watching the show is you never know how it's going to play out. You never know who's going to be where. You know, they can tell you one thing and then immediately do another. You know, the the, the secrets are, are you know, just layered upon layered upon layer. And um, I love that about this show. You know, I mean, it is so unpredictable in so many ways. It's great. Yeah. And uh, th- th- that that's the other thing that they're really honing in on this season, too, is the fact that it's not it's not Philip and Elizabeth anymore. It's just Elizabeth. And you could tell, like, she's 
She's like chain smoking. She looks bad. Like she just looks like, uh, you know, they the, just the way they do her makeup and her wardrobe and everything else. She just looks like she's completely detached and she's losing herself. Um, she can't and, tell Philip anything about this. It's like, like yeah. I said, the last uh, again. I watched the the a few last three episodes of last season, and when she tells her Vietnamese uh, you know, counterpart or whatever, you know, do this with someone else, do it with a partner, or else you'll crack up. She's breaking her own advice here. You know, she's doing it all by yeah. herself. It's all leaning on her. She even snaps at Philip in the end. Philip tries to tell her, uh, assuming I'm assuming that Philip was going to try to tell her about them getting in touch with him. And then she's yes. like, well, you love to talk, don't you? And just kind of snaps at him, you know. And um, But yeah, like, like I said, it just seems like they're being driven further and further apart by by their by their ideologies. You know, usually, usually yeah. the story was, I mean, earlier on, the story was them together. Even though it was an arranged marriage, they still had grown to love one and respect one another. And then, I mean, the, you, as things have gone on, it seems like they've kind of drifting, drifting apart and drifting I mean, Elizabeth is drifting more into her ideology, and then Philip is drifting more into, you know, the American lifestyle, the cover, you know, the cover story rather than who he you know, really was. So, and I thought the the Oleg, so the scene with Oleg when he comes back to America, and him and Philip, that scene on the bench. I mean, that was that was one of the best interactions of two people on this show that I've seen maybe in the entire series. Um, so, with, so with good acting. I mean, on both sides, yeah. Costa Ronan and Matthew Reese are both acting their asses off to, you know, for, excuse the imp- expression, just really, I mean, and just face, facial expressions, body language, tone of voice, you know, they, they, they say things, but everything they say has different intonation and meaning to it, especially if you've been with the story, you know, since day one. You know what I mean? It just is, is fascinating to me uh, how how strong of an actor. And I, I got to be honest, uh, I never really took Carrie Russell seriously as an actor until this. And she, yeah, kills, for sure, she kills this role. I mean, she's so good. I mean, I knew her from Felicity or whatever, and you know, and things here and there. But she is just a incredible actress and Matthew Reese is is just as strong and can keep up with her and like you said that scene with them on the bench or whatever and there's just so many things going on there that are kind of unsaid as well as being said um yeah just it's just incredible I mean again this is the best show nobody watches <laughs> yeah 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 it's it, it it also seems like there's two things going on you know this season it's I think it's really coming down to Philip versus Elizabeth, because he's going to have his mission, which is counter to her mission um, and vice and vice versa. Right. So I think that's going to be interesting is that he's going to have to basically play the spy again against his own wife and hope that she doesn't catch on to him because he's even working it like he's asking her questions like uh, about her mission. And she's convinced that he's just living living the life. And, you know, she she doesn't tell him a lot of things, but she doesn't tell him nothing either. Right. Um, Plus, she's and kind of, then, she seems kind of resentful, you know. What I mean, that he yes. he's able to live this, you know, this free, free and easy lifestyle, while she seems to be doing all the hard, dirty work, you know, uh, yeah, of, of the spy, the spycraft. So, yeah. And then the other thing that's going on this season is because we're at the end of 1987, we're we're hurtling towards, you know, the end of the Soviet Union as we know it, um, and it's really interesting to see how 
Oleg and Arkady, who used to run what they call the Residentura, which is kind of the basically the the spy agency out of the embassy uh, in New York. The two of them and 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 Gorbachev, they they see it right. Like they see, look, things have to change. You know, especially Oleg, Oleg, who after going back to Russia, he's very much like I think he's minister. Or he's he's in the transportation department, whereas before he was like with agriculture or something. So he's seeing like how food is rationed. And how corrupt it is, you know, where, uh, you know, some people, you know, have, you know, get more food than they need and other people have to wait in lines. And he's, you know, he, he's seeing the corruption and and how bad things are getting from a financial perspective and how maybe moving more away from this strict communist socialist, um, you know, way of doing things and, and, and working towards peace would actually be beneficial to both countries. Um and then at the same time, you have the KGB and the and the elements inside the Russian government that are very much against that and are trying to do anything they can to to stop it. And a lot of it is just their distrust of the Americans because they don't feel like, you know, the background of this of this uh, nuclear treaty that's going on, which is real like this. There was actually Gorbachev and Reagan were working on a nuclear uh, treaty during this time um, that that ended up getting enacted. Um, they, and so they, it's real. Well, they mentioned the summit. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. But they, um, they, they, they mentioned the summit, and I really feel like that summit is going to probably be the stopping point. You know, what I mean, that'll probably be where yeah. the, the the season ends. I would imagine would be the great punctuation for the season. But yeah, there's that division in the Russian government between the Glasnost reformers and the KGB, and the KGB want to keep the status quo so and keep themselves going. You know yes. I mean? Yes. Because if the you know, reforms and arm negotiations happen in the United States. They're going to lose their power. So I mean, right. it's, it's you know, it's all a power play as well. So, um, and you mentioned the use of music real quick. I, I I've got a list of the songs they used if you want to hear them. Absolutely. Um, there was um, you know, Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over from the. And by the way, how eighties is it that they had a montage? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm just like wow, that's like eighties upon eighties. Um, there was also Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac, uh, which is. Which has which been is, used before, but like is is fairly contemporary for that time. The the one thing I'll say, uh, just just to 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 stick on that for a little bit, they used Gold Dust Woman, and things are a little, um, you know, it's not real fast paced. You can kind of see what's going on, and they've used Fleetwood Mac. Like there was that one episode where they used the chain, mm-hmm. and it was like like crazy stuff was going on. Like I think that was when. Was it was was that when Elizabeth was shot or one of them was shot and like they shoved her in a car and it was like it was real hectic. So so it's kind of interesting to see how they they can use music from the same artist in very different ways to to, you know, to evoke you know what's going on in the show. In the last last uh, episode of last season, they used Goodbye Yellow Brick Road for the big for the big finale scene. Yes. Cool. Yes. But there's also a Peter Gabriel's We Do What We're Told from the album. So. Uh, which was about, which honestly, oddly enough, is about the Milgram's experiment. Eighteen, that's where they um, they told people they could, you know, deliver uh, thirty-seven of the forty participants had delivered maximum voltage to the other people. Oh, right, right, right. Experiment right. That, yes. that kind of Skinner box situation, uh, which is very fitting considering that where Philip and Elizabeth are now, and uh, and Talking Heads listening wind. So, um, but yeah, it just. Um, but because of the two, like, 
not only is it because of the division in the Russian government itself, now there's a division between Elizabeth and Philip, and, you know, like you said, one is being turned to spy on the other, you know, and um, I, I don't think that they've ever given uh, Elizabeth a cyanide pill before that I can remember. No, no. Um, you know, if, if she ever gets captured because... You know, and she's working for the hardliners. He's working for the reformers, and neither one. You know, and before it was the two of them working together. You know, and now the, again, not only they've been drifting apart in a lot of ways, but now in this episode, they're being set on upon each other, and uh, it's incredible. I, I I can't wait to see what the next few episodes bring. Yeah. So bold prediction time. Uh, do you think that both Philip and Elizabeth make this out of the other side alive? That's a tough one. I I think mm, I don't think I think if one of them dies, both of them are going to die. I will say that. Huh? I don't think I don't think Philip walks away without Elizabeth, and I don't think Elizabeth walks away without Philip. But I think if one dies, both of them die. Here's my bold prediction question for you. Does Stan ever figure it out? Does he have that moment like Hank does on yes. the toilet in Breaking Bad? <laughs> yes, I think he does. I think something happens. I think it'll be late in the game, uh, but I think I think in the back third of the season, I think Stan finds out. Um, and I almost wonder if it's not that he finds out. I wonder if Philip tells him because he needs the he needs an ally in Stan. Right. Because they're kind of after the same thing. Like he wants to make, you know, him and Olog, Oleg and Arkady want to make sure that the summit goes forward and things and things happen. And uh, and Elizabeth is kind of working on the other side. And so I wonder if he comes clean because he's in a bad spot and needs Stan's help. Or alternately, maybe uh, Henry could find out somehow. And Henry is so close to Stan. I almost feel like he would tell him. You know? Oh, no, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Henry really identifies with Stan as a father figure. I think more than even more than Philip. And uh, you know, if, if Henry were to stumble upon and find out what what has happened, I mean they've kept him in the dark for a long time. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to find out and then go to Stan with what he had. Yeah, because Henry of of either child, Henry would not want to leave America. I mean, he has a lot of friends. He's popular with girls. He's on the hockey team. He's into computers. He's into all this stuff. Paige has like no friends. Right. Um, she's a loner. She kind of does her own thing. And I, and she, I think has made, she's starting to learn the culture. She's starting to learn the language. She's, she's much more open to if, if it all fell apart and they had to, you know, pack a bag and get on a plane, like she'd be totally cool with it. Whereas Henry would, you know, go kicking and screaming. So right. and plus, I mean, she's able to, I mean, it, she's tied up, you know, all the spy craft and everything and the feelings for her mom. Too. Yes. I mean, you know, she finally is like bonding with her mom in a way she never has before over this kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, that, that's another factor too. Agreed. Um, so Aaron Newarth wasn't here this week, uh, but he did record uh, some of his thoughts. So uh, at the end of the episode, we will play those so you can hear Mr. Newarth and we'll we'll get his hot take uh, next week when we're back. So also, if you go, uh, like to, I said, if you go I'm sorry, if you go to we live entertainment.com. Yes, uh, he is doing written reviews of every episode of this final season of the Americans. So you can get not only what uh, he has to say on the podcast, but also more of an in-depth view there. Absolutely, He's a very erudite young man and uh, well spoken yes. and articulate. So, by all means, check yes, that yes. out. Um, so yeah, so like I said, these episodes 
you know, this one's probably close to an hour. I think moving forward, these are probably going to be closer to 30, 45 minutes. Um, you know, we're not going to do the the blow by blow, bit by bit, uh, beat by beat kind of review. It's mainly just, you know, we're going to watch the show. We're going to take some notes. We're going to talk about, you know, what's what we think was interesting, um, which will probably lead us down a couple rabbit holes to stuff that happened in previous seasons. So if you if you're just listening to this to hear us yammer and you haven't watched the show, um, we'll try not to like overtly spoil too much. But uh, go watch um, the but show. We will for talk. God's sake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's phenomenal. It, I mean, and it's available on Amazon. Uh, the past episode, the past seasons are available on Amazon Prime. So yes. If you yes. want to go back and catch up. It is five seasons, but it's well worth it. I mean, it's a really good show. I'm glad I watched it from the beginning, and I'm really thinking after this season, I might go back and rewatch the entire thing again. So, it's yeah, there's a lot of there's a, yeah, especially with a year in between, you know, there's a lot of details that get fuzzy, especially from those early seasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is always in one like my while it's been on, it's always been in like my top five of shows that that are on TV. It's it's just really. But, and it pushes all my buttons. I mean, again, the, the music, the 80s, the acting, um, you know, the whole spy thing, uh, all that stuff is is totally in my wheelhouse. So it's uh, it's just a lot of fun. And I really, really I'm going to be sad when it goes. But at the same time, I think it'll go out on top and I don't feel like it has overstayed its welcome. So something I've noticed, too, that um, FX is showing the, mul- the episodes multiple times during a week. Yeah, uh, they yeah. debut on Wednesdays, but they get end up getting shown again. Like for instance, this uh, first episode is going to be shown uh, again. I'm looking at the schedule right now on the next Thursday, I believe, according to this. So um, you can, you know, if you don't get it when it first comes out, you can always watch it again. They end up showing them over and over. So. Yep, absolutely worth your time though. And um, I, again, I just I was drawn to it just because I, I watched the pilot. Just on a on a whim, kind of, a, I was recommended from something I'd read, and I've been hooked ever since that pilot. And I think if you watch the first episode, you're probably going to want to. You will probably end up watching the whole thing as well. So. Indeed. Anything else you want to add? I can't think of anything other than uh, Dosvidanya. Dosvidanya. <laughs> and I've made I've made Zarkovi. It's a very very simple dish, but it's very delicious. Excellent. <laughs> in my other life as a chef but you can catch mm-hmm. Russ and I if you haven't already on the Walking Dead TV podcast and like we said the DC TV and uh, It's All Connected podcast where we cover the DC and Marvel TV shows um, Russ is also on Gotham by Geeks over on the Taylor Network podcast where you can find uh, me on Nothing's On with uh, Daryl and Donnie talking regular movie, uh, more general movies and TV uh, every week as well so check that out taylornetworkpodcast.com Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to Das Vidanya, Episode 1. So thanks, everybody, for listening. You will hear us next week.